Welcome to the Monday Night Scores, a wrestling podcast covering the epic battle for rating supremacy between WWF Raw and WCW Monday Nitro. We relive the war, skirmish by skirmish, to decide which show we think should have won the fight for viewing figures that week. We then reveal which show actually did take the gold in the Nielsen ratings, using our golden envelope. Last time out, perennial thunder-stealer Hulk Hogan was doing what he thought was a top-notch Terry Butcher vs. Sweden-Italian 90 World Cup qualifier impression, but ended up looking more like Mr. Bump after a lad's holiday and Magaluf went disastrously wrong. And things weren't too much better on Raw, where billionaire Ted's wrestling war room proved once again to keep Vince entertained, meaning that, sadly for the rest of us, it remains an integral part of the broadcast with no end in sight, rather than more shtick than you can shake a stick at, as it has appeared to the rest of us since the first week they aired it. The American public backed Bischoff though, and Team Nitro got the ratings war win to level the Monday night scores once more at nine apiece. You simply cannot call it at the moment. Who's going to pick up the win this week and edge ahead? There's only one way to find out. But before we get into it, we best start by introducing ourselves. I am one of your hosts, my name is Steve, and I am, as always, joined by a man who once angrily returned a pair of bull boy's shoes, claiming that, having bought and worn them, they in no way, shape or form got the power on his feet. It's the one and only nitpick of Jim! All right, Jim, and more importantly, what's the latest from Animal Farm? Christ, uh, the carrots. Still no word from Bull Rush. So You're we're joking. Still, we're still twisting the wind on that one. The sponsorship money's still not coming. Scandalous. Um, yeah, nothing... Nothing major, really. The carrots are still in the ground. None of them have been like dug out. That's since. progress. That sounds like that sounds well, like great progress. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, fingers crossed. Big, the big harvest, I reckon, will be coming up next update. We'll have, we'll have done the harvest. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so, so there'll, be, there'll be something else to tell then. But after last time, and we talked about you know the cat, and the, the kind of conversation took a bit of a an alarming turn, didn't it? Oh yes. Yeah. You know. Um, I can't remember what was said exactly, but you know, I was quite. What was it? Like vain about in my uh, kind of dis- disdain for the cat, and <laughs> then the next couple of days had passed. I think just after we put it live, and I've, I've got a text off my next door neighbour saying, "Have you seen the cat? It's been home <laughs> for a few days." Like it was t- at the time, it was like you know. He's definitely because listened, why would to, the, he's me, listened to the last episode there, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. The cat's going to be isn't it? The finger's been pointing straight at me, hasn't it? It's what it felt like. So I haven't seen your fucking cat. Why, why were you ask, are you asking me? Do you know what I mean? I've lost my car keys. I don't text her. You're slagging so your just cat felt off like, to yeah. all, the, uh, all, the, all the listeners. That's what it felt like. It felt like there was a bit of a finger pointing there. So maybe oh. next door neighbour is... The listener, maybe we've, we've uncovered the identity. I mean, either that, that or, or or the listener isn't the next door neighbour, but they've, they've turned vigilante <laughs> on your behalf, hunting <laughs> really, down yeah, your next door neighbour's cat. <laughs> <laughs> either way, it's not good news. Either way, no, it's not. It's not. But a cat has turned up since. I've seen it skulking around the garden <laughs> since. <laughs> Well, that is, that is a relief. So hopefully the carrots last till the big harvest. But yeah, over the show. <laughs> and I'm also joined by another man who has spent the last few weeks on a yoga retreat near Andalusia in order to prepare himself for another emotionally punishing year following his beloved Los Caramelos. And in doing so, he has prepared his soul once more for another year of being 
un glotón para el castigo. A glutton for punishment. It's the one and only lost Liam. All right, Liam. All right, fellas. How are you doing? I'm all right. I might have a story of my own here. <sighs> oh, hello. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not character related. I don't think it will ever live up to you know storytelling of of Jim's caliber. But uh, it was just on the back of. It was just on the back of the uh, the last episode of Nitro when we were discussing uh, how excited Rick Fuller was getting uh, oh, to yeah. the point that he he couldn't speak, um, and it was just something that had happened uh, that got me thinking about that. Just flashback to that. So um, I've I've obviously just come back from from a nice uh, rested and relaxing holiday. But prior p- prior to going on holiday, I always go and like make sure I check in with my nan and things like that. Make sure she's all right before I go away. Nice. Uh, Good and luck. she got talking about. Um, how her and like the family used to go on holiday when they were a lot younger and my dad was like a kid. And apparently that on the morning of going on holiday, she would only tell my dad then that they were going on holiday because <laughs> if he told him any earlier, he'd get himself that excited for the upcoming vacation that it would like make him physically unwell. Like he'd go off his food and he wouldn't be able to go to the toilet, among other things. <laughs> so I cracked up at this, which is ridiculous, isn't it? And I just had this ridiculous. And I just had a picture, picture in my head of my dad as like a Labrador. He's technically a Labrador. <laughs> Get himself that worked up that he couldn't couldn't eat, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, go to the toilet. I mean, so I think I think Rick Flo might be his new nickname now. <laughs> I mean that is that is uncanny. I mean you, you you've done wonders to avoid getting a jeans and Well done. That's How did you pack? What, what a bizarre thing though. Like you, you wake up and oh you're going on holiday. Get your stuff quick. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. That is phenomenal. Well, I mean <laughs> it just cracked me up. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you couldn't. One, one that it's not been sold. You know. In the family now, prior. Until I'm 34 years of age, it's only just <laughs> popped up. I mean, that is, again, that's, that's, that's a family comedy gold, that. <laughs> Incredible stuff. Right, well, we best get into it then. All right, Jim, we don't need that. I'll get us placed in history with some cultural reference points. Here we go. Let's set the scene. The date is the 5th of February 1996. This week, British supermarket chains began to stock genetically modified tomato puree, the first GM food to be sold in the country. Maybe that's what Hulk Hogan will be munching before the whole Mr. Bump debacle. It's the only explanation. In music, Spaceman by Babylon Zoo topped the UK charts, becoming the then fastest selling single of all time, making me wonder why there'd never been any spacemen gimmicks in the WWF. That seemed like that sort of nonsense seems right up Vince McMahon Street. And then I did some research, lads. Spaceman Frank Hickey did wrestle for Vince Senior. So maybe Vince Jr. left the gimmick alone out of respect for Frank and his dad. <laughs> or maybe the Shockmaster's intro botch three years earlier put him off the idea for life. We'll never know. In politics, the US Congress passes the Communications Decency Act. Sonny will be out of a job soon, as soon as the WWF finds out. In TV, the nitpicker's favourite Irish set drama series, Ballykiss Angel, launched on BBC One. He was no doubt keeping out a keen eye for dem Irish lads Dio Godwins as he watched. <laughs> <laughs> 
and TFI Friday, presented by Chris Evans, launched on Channel 4, where it run for over four and a half years before ending in the year 2000. I blame Jericho. Right, now we know what we were listening to on Top of the Pops, what we were reading about in the Washington Post, what the nitpicker was transfixed by on the Beeb, and what we were watching to see which bands would get booked on Channel 4 on a Friday night. Slipknot were on TFI Friday. Go and watch it on YouTube if you haven't. It's cracking. Let's see how Vince and Eric tried to compete with that lot. There'll be top-notch legal promo delivering Clarence Mason returns. Leather glove merch sales worrying teased diesel heel turns. But no kayfabe, Kane's kisser, almost lethal facial burns. Let's get cracking. And we kick off with the Raw Rundown. King and Vince get us underway once more from the Stockton Civic Auditorium in Stockton, California for the second pre-recorded companion to the live show two weeks ago. King takes the lead this week as over the top of Yokozuna's Japanese pastiche panpipe music excitedly starts telling us that we're going to see Jimmy Cornet's boys Yokozuna and the British Bulldog facing off against the two dudes with attitudes, HBK and Diesel. I think King's a miles better promo than the full gravel, Vince. Uh, yes. But it is a little bit kayfabe shattering that King's so excitedly delivering the names of the good guys. Like, who he then, you know, claims to passionately hate as soon as he starts on comms. It sort of doesn't, doesn't quite work. Um, and then he's equally excited about the main event. Same issue. It's The Undertaker taking on Bret Hart uh, for the WWF Championship belt. So it's going to be great, says King. And you're like, well, again, you hate both of them. It's not going to be great. You're going to hate that. It's, gonna that. it's awful. Awful for you. Anyway, I'm getting dangerously close to nitpick a gimmick infringement there, so let's move on. With the dudes now in the ring, we cut to a lad of around 13 in the crowd who's wearing some newly acquired HBK merch, the pleather hat, fingerless pleather gloves and the heart shades below his eyes, and he thinks he looks the business. And I'm just imagining him getting home and seeing the look on his parents' faces when they think he's been to the wrestling, but looks like he's come home from a sex shop, having been relieved of $50 in the process. What's, what's he going to wear in that crap in public? You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't see anyone else in the crowd wearing that, did you? <laughs> you, did, you did not. I think they'll be going straight in the wardrobe. <laughs> Where they still are to this day. <laughs> Retired after the 5th of February, 96. They're quite right, too. <laughs> I did clock that because we did we we took the make out of the uh, pleather hat and the, the shades a long time ago and, and we did. this is actually the first showing I've seen of it in the crowd. The match itself is a pretty decent one, as we probably expect, given the calibre of performers in the ring here. And it's a direct follow-on from last week where Yoko ran in on Sean, taking on the Bulldog, and accidentally leg-dropped Bulldog after HBK rolled away. The crowd were really into it, and Sean and Bulldog in particular feed off them really well as they put on a bit of a masterclass and give the big lads, well, Yoko, enough breathers on the apron to make their involvement work well enough. Although, given the event's post-match, Yoko was involved... A little more often than we've seen him in recent weeks. And I thought it was, to be honest, the best we've seen him for quite a while in terms of involvement and being active and actually performing moves and not just sitting there wheezing. Do you not think, though, he's, he's just... He's presented as an absolute idiot, though, isn't he? Like, oh, yeah. He, he, can't, he can't do anything. Every splash he goes for, every leg drop, which is his whole entire repertoire, totally he, yeah. he, yeah. Can't, he, he misses them all. He, he misses does. everyone. Hurts himself every time. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does well, even one drop it, on Diesel. That's what I was going to say. Then that yeah, Samoan that's drop was always... sloppy, wasn't it? Like yeah. Diesel had to jump in the air yeah. for him to like yeah. catch him and then slam him. It was and he missed first shoddy, time. Me Diesel rocked up for this Samoan drop. Just sort of, uh, he didn't. He obviously, wasn't telegraphed well enough, and then sort of bumped into him and then ran back and then repeated the spot. And yeah, well, it didn't didn't look good. But again, I know it's a low bar, but this is the most he's been involved in anything yeah. for a while. So yeah. I thought, blimey, at least we're seeing him do something more than you know, 
sit at the side and shout, Banzai! Or whatever he does, anyway. After a bit of a slobber knocker with the heels, seemingly on the verge of victory as they effectively isolate HBK with some superb shithousery from Bulldog as he reacts to the crowd booing him and chanting, Davy Boy sucks by roughhousing Sean. We fly into the finish. Yoko misses a splash, <laughs> again, allowing HBK to make the hot tag and then Diesel cleans house, letting HBK recover before tagging Sean back in, steadying himself on the corner by hooking his hands under the top ropes, allowing HBK to stand on and then leap from his shoulders for extra height to land a huge splash on Yoko as Davy Boy legs it in to break up the pin with a leg drop. Sean dodges this though so it makes Bulldog repeat the spot from last week in reverse as he inadvertently plants the move on his partner. Diesel clotheslines Bulldog out of the ring as HBK super kicks Yoko between the ropes. Owen arrives at ringside to try and give Bulldog and Corner a hand as they try and get the man not really from Japan back in the ring but to no avail as the 10 count is reached giving the two dudes with attitudes the win. After the match, Corner is berating Yoko and then begins angrily prodding him in the chest to punctuate his verbal assault. This proves too much for Yoko and he starts battering his manager as Bulldog and Owen come to Corny's defence before the enraged sumo star turns on them to the crowd's delight before stalking them up the ramp after this apparent face turn as we head to a break. What did you make of that, lad? I didn't mind that from Yoko. Like, if, if you were this, you know, size... You'd expect to be like aggressive and use it in an aggressive nature, wouldn't you? Like he, totally like when agree. even when Cornet was prodding him, and he like you said, then Jimmy was, he was being made to look like a, an idiot, really, wasn't he? Like he wasn't reacting for a, a time, but I don't know, maybe this maybe this will uh, it'll kickstart him in in the walls for us because I, I think he has been disappointing on the whole. Yeah, personally. he has. He really has. Yeah, I think along those lines as well. I just it would have been better because now I'm thinking I think we're gonna have some kind of turn where it he's gonna be in a feud with. Mm. Corn, the rest of Cornets, lads. When Camp Cornet. Yeah, Camp Cornet. That's what I, that's what I was going for. Um, and they could have, you know what I mean? When, when they could have just beat him up, really. And then that's yeah. just get, there's, there's obviously some issues why, why they're making Yoko Zuna look like such a, a fucking bell end all the time. So why don't we just do away with him for a little bit? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I'm, I'm glad something's changed a bit because it was getting a bit bit samey and you know you can't be relying on Cornet's promos every single week to just salvage this but um, but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm like not he has no kind of there's no kind of like fear factor on all your no. now he's just going to come in and miss a splash and miss yeah, a leg drop yeah. hurt himself right. and then Shawn yeah. Michaels who wears fucking 11 stone ring and wet's going to almost beat him with a splash himself so <laughs> yeah, he's dead right <laughs> at least now you might get him like interrupting some of the uh so they always matches or yeah, true. Yeah, he's got a vendetta. You're right. You're dead right. It makes it makes his character a bit more interesting, hopefully. Yeah, hundred percent. Next, our second creepy promo from Mankind in two weeks. Same fuzzy black and white screen effect as Mick delivers his haunting musings, saying that it seems some things are starting to change around here, getting a little out of control. Maybe you've finally found a home, a hardcore home, and maybe I can finally have a nice day. As the camera tilts up to show his disfigured ear once more. And then comes once again, ruin it as Vince no-sells the creepiness and asks King for his thoughts, who says it was eerie as the two chuckle. Jesus. Do you reckon that young lad's found a hardcore home since he got his red... His red pleather. That's where he's come from. (laughs) Now he's he's fully grown. He must have a hardcore home somewhere, mustn't he? Do you know when you were on about the uh, the Mankind oh. promo then, when Vince like squashes it? Yeah. He then just goes on to promoting some 
some program. What's it called, girl? Did yeah, you? I know. Yeah, yeah that gets, I guess as much airtime. Silk, Silk stockings. stockings. Is that what it's called? <laughs> that's definitely the last. A call girl finally goes modelling or something. Up yeah, the, that's the next merch lined up for the for the block of the plug of the hat. That's his next thing. Silk stockings. Well, I wrote the thing. I wrote the spiel that a call girl turns to modelling. Someone is out to stop her dead in the tracks, but they hadn't like. They just kind of fed it in, like Liam said. They just like it was part of the van kind of plug. I was like, what, I was thinking, what the fuck they're doing with Sonny? Yeah, and then then the then Brett mentioned yeah, it, it for so the TV casual, wasn't it? It was so casual. Oh dear. Speaking of eerie, then went straight into this promotion of this show. Like, what was going on? <laughs> Silk stockings. That was eerie indeed. Unbelievable. Back in the ring, and next up is the always excellent Hakushi, squaring up against the one, two, three kid who has Ted DiBiase in his corner. Seemingly as part of his campaign to convince everyone that he's no longer a kid, the kid, as he calls himself, has brought his baby's bottle to the ring with him, which will act as part of the punishment doled out to the loser of his match with Razor Ramon in the first crybaby match they'll have at the upcoming In Your House pay-per-view. Jeez. Hakushi, by the way, I think, has the best-looking gimmick of anyone on the roster. Mm. The commitment is phenomenal. Isn't it amazing? He would look... It's timeless. Any era you could put Okushi as he looks there, yeah. and he would look spot on. And yeah. you know, think of all the pleather on show. There's like, oh jeez, he would look as amazing today as he did then. Top work. And the match itself is pretty much what we'd expect. You know, as Vince claims, two martial artists going head to head. Nothing doing in terms of the stakes, but great in-ring action as the two put on a cracking match right up my street. Um, thought it was really good. A great mix of high-flying acrobatics, uh, weighty ground-based moves and powerful fast strikes. Uh, thought it was really, really good. Save for the kid's martial arts posing hamminess at times. He, you know, he's more the karate one, two, three kid when he gets into this mode, any really. But here he is with all his high-kicking and praying mantis-style posing, which, in fairness, does get the crowd booing. So, you know what I mean? Like, job mission accomplished, I suppose, because he's the heel. But, geez, you just think you look like an absolute pillock. The kid gets the win. Had to happen, needs the, you know, given that he needs to go into his match with Razor Hot. Uh, with a fantastic double underhook suplex from the top rope. Great stuff from these two, I thought. Yeah, this is this was the best match on the card for me, I thought. Yeah, same yeah, thing. Absolutely same. Even though we, we absolutely slay it, one, two, three, kid. You've got to... Well, I've got to hold my hand up and just... Giving some acknowledgement because it, it was it was tremendous. Yeah. Both of them. Totally. Pace was just on it from the start. Entertaining quality. Yeah, it was superb stuff. Completely agree. Next up, we've got the two best promos on the show for my money. As Jim Cornette's back with his attorney at law, Clarence Mason. Clarence has compiled case law that says Gorilla Monsoon can't use his powers for his own gain here in what is clearly a vendetta and says that they will sue immediately, and he means immediately, if Big Van Vader isn't reinstated this instant. And then we get an immediate response from Gorilla Monsoon, who who is in what looks like a 90s leisure centre waiting area with its kind of grid of semi-opaque glass square, a potted plant and some pastel pink and green walls. I was looking out for Mr. Britness or Colin the caretaker to come and wander by in the background here. So I missed most of what Monsoon said in this otherwise drab promo. But the gist is, I think, that he's injured. Uh, he's sorry to the fans that he reacted as uh, Gorilla Monsoon rather than reacting as interim president to all the abuse he got from Vader. Uh, fair enough, Gorilla, yeah. That sounds sensible. Uh, he says Vader's fate in the WWF isn't up to him. It's in the hand of the boards of directors uh, in what is some impressive 2022 foreshadowing. A Vince. <clears throat> <laughs> I just, what got me with this is, is uh, moving on from that, what got me for this was uh, the, the, 
he comes out with Al's gorilla. He's got your broken vertebrae, some intercostal muscle. To, he sat there with his neck brace on. He's doing absolutely nothing <laughs> to sell the fact that he's really hurt, aside from <laughs> that he's wearing a neck wearing brace. He's sitting there and he's carrying on as normal. Oh, he's Sounds not in traction. Absolutely fine. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's not even wincing at any point. Oh, ah, none of that. None of that bollocks. He's just. <laughs> he's in a wing back chair. <laughs> Quite comfy. Yeah. Sitting on oh, yeah, he's swinging it around and everything, having a look about. <laughs> It was, it was ludicrous, and to think they had that PO box set up for him to get all them fucking <laughs> get well cards. Isn't that the matter with him? He got thousands as well. He said, He's thanking the fans for the thousands of cards. Thousands. Cut off it for them on soon. Thousands. Got paper cuts as well now as well. <laughs> well, as fractures in his vertebrae and all kinds. <laughs> Intercostal muscle damage. He said at one point. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. he did. Did indeed. Ah, oh, funny. By the way, Clarence Mason's promos, they're, they're better than half the, the wrestlers on the uh, on the programme, aren't they? Bye, bye. Just yeah, like short, so snappy, nice. like brilliant. intelligence, great. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. They really are. Smash his brother love. <laughs> Doc then does the voiceover for a 1996 Slammy Awards ad, saying we can cast our ballot today to decide who will win, without telling us how to do so. Next up, our main event as Taker takes on the Hitman for the WWF title in what is a rematch after Diesel got involved in their match at the Royal Rumble. Brett could have left it there, but as he's a good lad, he said, don't worry, Taker, you can have another crack, mate, uh, where the same thing cannot happen again because we're doing it inside a steel cage. Oh, no, wait, wait a minute. No, it could happen again. This is, we've all been idiots. Decent enough from these two, as you'd expect, though too slow for my money. I got a bit bored as the back and forth sort of continued this sort of, you know, just as you expect, take a sort of slow, methodical, Brett, technical, slow, methodical, until shock horror Diesel, the opponent of the winner of this match at In Your House, which will be in a cage to prevent outside interference so they do know how to stop it arrives at ringside and joins the comms team. I'm sure he won't get involved. After Taker starts to dominate with some powerfully delivered manoeuvres, as Vince would say, including a cracking-looking old school, uh, the dead man picks up Brett for the tombstone and inadvertently knocks out referee Tim White with Brett's legs as he does so. We'll come back to that. Roger. I just wanted to flag something as well with Diesel coming to the table. Did you did you get on what his, his patter was when he sat down? No, go on. Oh, he's fucking dreadful. So he came he down was, to the comms dreadful. desk and he said... Uh, so Vince, Vince must have said, like... Why, why, why are you here? And he said he's come down to get a bird's eye view of the match. <laughs> I got this. I brought this. Thing. He's below the ring. <laughs> he's beneath it. He's not above it. You dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be the rafters, mate. If you want a bird's eye view. <laughs> oh, you know that means we finally use. Meet picks. <laughs> I've had that ready for months. <laughs> months. Bird's eye view of the match. Oh, phenomenal. From below. <laughs> Is it a dead bird? <laughs> Is it a deceased bird? I mean. uh, what about as well earlier on about, um, did you catch the bit about Vince telling us about next week's Raw? No, go on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, you won't believe this if you've missed it. <laughs> So, so Raw won't be on her next week due to the Westminster dog show. <laughs> so they're being beaten in the ratings battle next week by technically American Crufts. Crufts? <laughs> Crufts has done them. Wait, just make yourself sound like fucking small time again. And honestly, I went away and checked thinking, oh, it'll, it'll still be on the network. They didn't have a Raw. They just didn't, didn't Yeah, they didn't it. have one. Oh, wow, well, there you go. Phenomenal. Bischoff will definitely have something to say about that one. Oh, oh, that's going to be a comedy. They should all they should all dress up as dogs. And obviously, Pe- you've got Pepe, Pepe as well. Pepe special. Yeah. As well. 
He's finally got a purpose. Have a one week one after wear costume. Yeah. <laughs> Building up for this. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, amazing. Anyway, back in the ring, and Brett escapes the tombstone attempt, though, as Paul Bearer tries to revive the downed referee, White. Taker misses an elbow drop, Hart comes back, he attacks Taker's legs as he's been doing all match, trying to remove him for his vertical base, as JR would tell us, and he slams one of Taker's legs into the ring post, but as he does so, Brett is attacked by Diesel from behind. No one could have seen this coming. But then Taker, who despite being the leader of the creatures of the night and the unholy prince of darkness, reveals he has as solid as a rock moral compass and attack Diesel to stop the assault on his opponent. He'll devour souls, but he will not win like this. Diesel recovers, grabs a chair and sprints towards the dead man, whacking him safely on the back. That's how you do it, Hulk. That's how you do it, soft hand Hulk, sorry. Before rolling Taker into the ring and then delivering the jackknife. The crowd don't like it, but Diesel does not care. And he plants Taker with another jackknife and then leaves the ring as we head to a break. Back from the break, Bret Hart is shown following Diesel down the ramp and we've missed the end of the match. And we see him attacking Diesel in a during-the-break replay. In the ring, Taker's still down and Vince says the match was officially declared a draw. Eh? Surely Taker won as Bret was counted out, retaining the title, No? A draw. They've just gone, well, he's fucked off, so it's a, so it's a draw. Uh, again, gimmick infringement here, Jim. I do apologise. That's probably strike two on the old nitpicking. That's a uh, um, duly warned. Ridiculous. It just it baffled me, this. It baffled me. It said when, when um, obviously, so we come back from the break, Vince just thought, oh, it's a, it's a, it was a draw, by the way. And then the, the, the show, the, the, the Brett chasing down Diesel a bit attacking him. Vince told us there was a tremendous melee between the two, but we only got the fucking freeze frames. And then <laughs> shows the tremendous melee. Do you know what I mean? Tremendous melee. Then Vince said, <laughs> then Undertaker sits up, Vince goes, did you see the look in the Undertaker's eyes when he got up? But we only saw a still frame of Undertaker laying out in the ring. So we didn't see the look in his eyes. Shows the look in his eyes. Best bit of the match. Best bits of the match we haven't seen exactly. anyway. Fuck. Sorry, and then he claims, and he tells us it's, it's the draw. It's been officially declared a draw. It was a draw, by the way. Which, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Doesn't seem like it would be the case. <laughs> Insane. What the awful. fuck was it? Absolutely awful. Anyway, that's that apparently. Uh, and we move on to part two of Billionaire Ted's wrestling press conference. As a recap from last week's one, as if we needed it, uh, shows that Ted was being asked a difficult question regarding predatory tactics against the WWF. As you two pointed out last week, the hypocrisy on display here is staggering. It's more of the same here. Fake journals asking fake Ted about the millions of dollars of stakeholders' money that you've wasted and what is driving him, asking him what is driving him to do all this, to which Ted answers with some serious Vince projection, I want to own everything so that when I die and I see my daddy again, I can say kiss this as he kisses his hand and slaps his own ass to the shock of the journals. I mean, Jesus. Took a sinister turn, hasn't it now? Hasn't it just? Unbelievable. Then a really shite press artist shown saying, Attention stockholders, has Ted Turner lost $40 million of your money in his personal vendetta against the WWF? Where are the losses reported in the financial statements? Time Warner beware. With Vince on voiceover saying soberly, This advertisement was rejected by the New York Times and Washington Post. However, a modified version will be published in the New York Times financial section this Wednesday. I mean, Jesus, Vince, the fucking, the, 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 the brass neck on him saying vendetta. Yeah. Vendetta? Are you joking? <sighs> and with that, we end the show. 
that was WWF Monday Night Raw, but what did we all make of it? Let's find out with our ratings builders and ratings killers. Who wants to kick the builders off, lads? Only because I, I slayed the, the fella enough times. Uh, I thought one, two, three, kid, Akushi. That match was was clearly the best. Yeah. On the uh, on the on the card tonight, um, and I think you said it perfectly in 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 the uh, in the run through where. It wasn't just all about um, map-based skills, was it? It was mm. loads of different aerial, you know, manoeuvres going on. Yeah. Uh, Hakushi, I think every time he's been on the show, he's, he's he's been in a decent match. I can't remember a bad match he's been in. No. Um, and like you say, with his look and his character, he's silent, isn't he? And he's got that. Uh, he's got the tattoos and things like that. I think they should be using him a lot more, maybe. You know, with some of the big boys as well. But uh, yeah, really impressed with that one. Yeah, Got to hold my hands too. up and say one, two, three, kid. Didn't do anything silly apart from bring the bottle down um, <laughs> and put in a good performance. Completely agree. Yeah, yeah I had that match on as well. I thought that was superb, but that was my build- builders. I had Akushi down, like I mentioned, top grafter, great yeah. commitment to the gimmick. But the only other thing I had that was different was um, just seeing prime, had a prime talent. So you, you're excited about watching you know, your Bret Hart, your Undertaker's. Mm. You show Michaels at, at the kind of at the pinnacle of their careers, but all kind of on, on the upward curve, as opposed to you know watching Hogan, Flair, Savage, who were all at the opposite end yeah. of their careers. So I thought that was you know quite prominent here in this episode. Yeah, you're spot yeah. on. You're spot on. I was um, yeah, similar for me. I think I think um, certainly like HBK and Bulldog um, did that for me, and I thought blimey, see, seeing them both doing and, and both being as I said in, in the run rundown, the kind of the masterful that sort of reacting to and gene up the crowd and all right it's cheesy a bit when, when they do it at times but you know they've got him in the palm of their hand you know what i mean and yeah. bulldog in particular superb yeah. being a heel doing that and he's then like absolutely roughhousing hbk and then doing you know handstand flips and stuff to kind of show yeah. off and they're like just amazing yeah, shithousery yeah. and again compare yeah, the better with... elements of that match came from hbk and bulldog yeah massively yeah exactly yeah and um yeah the others were there to tell the story elements of it, but they, they yeah, they were the, the workhorses in the ring. Spot on. Uh, Clarence Mason, too, said it at the time. Brilliant. Just have him on all the time. Have him, I mean, the amount of trouble, I think I said it before, the amount of trouble that goes on in wrestling, you could always have, do with having a lawyer around. There's always yeah. contractual disputes yeah. and title things. Just have him have him on the roster permanently. Have him a, make him a manager at some point. Make him go power mad. You can do loads of Clarence Mason if you can deliver a promo like that. It gives it a bit of, like, Realism as well, doesn't it? Correct. Because he knows yeah, what he's talking he's about. You've got like this lawyer in. You know, yeah. the, he's, he's, he was mentioning like the Supreme Court and things like that, isn't he? And you, well, he knows you, you kind of believe it, don't you? especially as a kid, if you exactly. doing these kind yeah. of things and you're seeing a guy in a suit, you know, banging about going Can't to court and stuff, it's kind of more believable, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, I'm, I'm, I haven't looked into it. He sells it much. well. Exactly. I'm sure he's an actor. Yeah, there's nothing cartoony about him, is there? Exactly. No. That's, the, that's the point. Exactly. Whereas the rest of them, you know. You compare that with, you know, Gorilla Monsoon, there's the promo that follows immediately afterwards, and then... Sorry, the, the Batmobile's just gone past again. Smashing. I was probably about it for me, the builders. I've got the Mankind promo again. Yes, of course. Well, I know it's, like, repetitive yeah. of last week, but I thought it was a little bit better. Still brilliant, you're right. I mean, the, the, the lads and comms are not selling the character as you would like. Nah. But uh, I don't know. Hearing the you know have a nice day kind of line and this all moving to a nice home kind of thing. I don't know. It was it added to to, to the build up. I think. Yeah. So that was that was a plus. You are spot on, Liam. Yeah, I'd forgot about that in there in terms of me builders. Yeah, it might might probably kill us in a different way though. But yeah, spot on. Definitely something to look forward to. Oh yeah, can't wait! Can't wait for it to start seeing him in the ring. 
I had one last point as well. I mean, Go on. It, it, it wasn't as good as previous episodes, but with this being the cut-off episode before in your house, which we were only told about at the very beginning uh, because of this dog show, um, <laughs> at least the, at least like the names that are going to be appearing on the pay-per-view were all involved with one another. Like, True. And I think yeah, once we go yeah. into WCW and their episode... <laughs> Yeah, you see that goes that out the become window. more clear. It seemed a bit more structured <laughs> heading into a pay-per-view. There's a bit more of a build-up and suspense being created. Like you're kind of looking forward to what like uh, Owen and Sean are going to do at the um, at the in your house pay-per-view because they didn't really get involved as much today. Yeah, and do you know what I mean? It just kind of builds it a little bit better. It's a very good point indeed. I think it's something we've we've, yeah, we've discussed it before, haven't we? Yeah, I think it's absolutely spot on. Like just they they do WWF do so, uh, so much better job at, at that, making it interested in, yeah. in in what what kind of how these are going to culminate, don't they? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah you're definitely right there. Some like depth, there's depth to the storylines. Exactly. Isn't it? Just, yeah. it isn't just like some guys turned up and he's you know on, in a title shot. It's not Alex Wright v DDP just for the sake of it. Just because. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, uh, go on then. Right, time to pick uh, our ratings builders. Is anyone swayed anywhere? Go on. What are you, what are you going for, Jim? Start with you. What's your I go with, I go with what I said. I go with the star names, um, just 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 the kind of talent. It kind of ties in with Liam's last point. The, the talent that you you kind of want to watch. The, yeah. They're on upward curve, kind of. Yeah. You know, not a bunch of has beens who are kind of winding down, maybe taking a payday. So yeah, that side of it was 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 noticeable for me. Fair enough, Liam. Same question to you. Uh, I'll go with a one two three kid and Hikushi. Nice. Just a just a sta- just a standout match for me. Totally agree. I'm with you, Liam. I'm seconding you there. Um, uh, well, yeah, one, two, three, kid, Akushi. Mostly for Akushi, but I do think kids crack it in the ring. Yeah, lovely. Okay, so that was the good, but what about the bad? Onto our ratings killers. Uh, Jim, kick us off with this one. I won't dwell on it. Uh, billionaire Ted foul. That's yep. the only word for it. Um, <laughs> can't wait to see the back of that, but I'll start with... <laughs> I'll start with the one that really got me, that really did bug me in this episode. Diesel. He is fucking <laughs> toilet in his diesel. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. That spell on commentary he has yeah. has to be an all timer for just. It's got to be an all timer, right? For just just horrendousness. He's like, I don't know. He's because obviously when he goes when he you know he's going to be the end of in the NWO soon or he's the what is it? One of the first the, the outsiders. The, outsiders, the, the outsiders yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So obviously the kind of like cool heels, aren't they? Yeah. He's the fucking epitome of, of not cool, and he's he's, he's grafting so hard at like these yeah. kind of incisive and witty comments when he's, he's on. He's becoming cringy. It's cringing, isn't it? With these yeah. comments. He's trying too hard. He's he's trying far too hard. There was a comment he's about. Not funny. Um, he's nothing to it. Vince made something a, a comment about. Um, I think Undertaker he said Undertaker said Diesel won't get a Go title on, shot until hell froze over, and like Diesel was like, "Well, I checked the weather channel today, and it was minus seventy in hell," and like looked at <laughs> Vince. Shocking. And like he got no reaction. Vince put him down, didn't he? He's like, well, you don't need to check the weather today. It's on Sunday at the pay-per-view, whatever he said. He, he, put him, he shut him down. That's a great, Vince. That's a great response. That's a great I mean? response. Vince, who's level of humour, is like, you know, farting and... and yeah, and he's you know, stitched him up. Yeah, second. like absolute toilet humour and whatever else, and he's still fucking putting him down. It's, this is... So funny. It's yeah. shocking. So funny. And, and as you've mentioned there as well, the, the, the thing that winds him up with Diesel is this fluctuation between face and heel. You can't be in the... The, the, the yeah. curtain raise with HBK and slapping yeah. hands with him and yeah. loving you know loving life and then in the main event he's um, getting involved and then he's getting booed and he's jackknifing the Undertaker and things yeah. like that do you know what I mean yeah, so, so he's, he's out and out face when he's when he's with HBK and then it's one of the others isn't it like, yeah. if you're going to interfere great don't, yeah. don't get involved with HBK then yeah exactly 
and the, the crowd were booing him, and and you know, and spot on if that's a if that's a heel turn, the start of a heel turn, great. But he's sort of it, again, it's, it just feels so confused. It doesn't. It's not like a kind of intrigue. Oh, is he is he going? Is he pushing the line a bit there? Is he? It's just this kind of he's just coming out and being a bit of a dickhead, but then still trying to get you to yeah. cheer for him early on. Because he's going to get a title. He's still got his title shot anyway, regardless who oh, wins exactly. the match. Exactly. So. And it, yeah, completely. And all right, I can see if he's going to come and try and weaken his opponents, fine. But yeah. they're, going, they're going to all meet in a fucking cage, so you know what I mean. Like, yeah, uh, yeah it was. It was just. It was all round horrendous. I just uh, that like what you mentioned there, Liam, about him when he comes out with Shawn Michaels at the start, and you just read uh, kind of highlighted that contrast between the two of them. Where, where where HBK obviously at the start of the show, we're presuming Diesel to the babyface. I don't know, but. He's getting Mike HBK is getting pushed as you know the most flamboyant, the most Brazilian, and all that like he always does. <laughs> and then Diesel's just there like a fucking ginormous loaf of unbuttered bread, <laughs> dry as anything, yeah. just hanging about, nothing to him. It just highlights the kind of how second string he is in comparison. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. Shame. Uh, kneecap in the mankind promo again. Killer for me this week. I, I was I was obviously <laughs> sensitive to it, and I appreciate it, probably being overly so, but. Wait, looking out for it, wonder, wonder what they're going to do this week. And it's like, why bother with this? Like, what? It, it seems so daft to me to sort of to try and kneecap your own. Like, it serves you, Evans, to, to try and build this bloke up as this scary, unhinged thing. And instead, you just make it like a comedy character sideshow. Like, what? Yeah. He's sort of doing the same thing with Gold Dust at times. You know, Gold Dust, it's all, you know, he's sort of, you know, bizarre and he's bizarre. And it's like, yeah, but he could be, he could be. Supposed to be unnerving, and he's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable and put you on the back foot. And it's like it's like you've 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 done the you've got the really good thing, and then it's like doing your damnedest to squash it. I just I don't understand. I don't understand. But I, probably for the sake of you've probably said earlier, it was probably for the sake of Vince's toilet humour. We can get an eerie gag in here, you know, and that's what that's what we've done. That was Vince, by the way. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, stop it, lads. Stop doing that. Just, just let mankind, mankind. Just it'd be great when he turns up and he's on the mic properly and stuff. I kind of can't wait. And but he does kind of run with that though. With like with the Undertaker and everything else, there's no kind of undermining stuff. And Undertaker's kind of true. A bit silly sometimes when he has like, he the is. power from the urn and yeah. all that bullshit. Like that's very true. But then yeah, like you every time, every time that's two weeks running now where they've cut back and they've made some yeah shit remark about mankind. So yeah, you're right. You're right. Very strange. I've got one last killer as well. We can't have a discussion about raw killers without mentioning that they're not having a program on next week because there's a pissing dog show on. <laughs> like they have the audacity to attack the competition, and they uh, can't rival a dog show. And I tell you what, I tell you what, they haven't had, they haven't, they haven't recorded some telly for three weeks. This will be four. This will be a month. It'll be a month with before on. they record again. Can you imagine that the um, the call? Obviously, obviously, this must be a time when. <laughs> When WWF didn't have the power of the network that they have now, and like you know, <laughs> the Westminster Dog Show. Vince would just have to fucking stomach it when the, when the network rings up and says, "Vince, next week, sorry, we've got the Dog Show on. <laughs> no raw next week, pal. We don't need one." Do you reckon he haggled for like uh, you know a, a WWF wrestler costume section in it to just keep him <laughs> on the telly for a bit? I reckon he was absolutely apoplectic. <laughs> The what? <laughs> the dogs? <laughs> absolutely apoplectic. Unbelievable. I absolutely oh, amazing. He's attacking Ted Turner like on a weekly basis. <laughs> yeah, this must sting. He's yeah. lost out to, to to some dogs. Not even like on at a different time though. <laughs> Don't bother recording next Just week. Just dropped. <laughs> Instantly dropped. <laughs> we'll just give it a miss. 
How long did the dog show on for? They couldn't squeeze 45 minutes of raw. Some <laughs> and they kept the uh, and they kept <laughs> silk stockings on the air. I'm told Vince had to promote it. <laughs> Honestly, he's, he's been shat on this week. Yeah, I, I can't wait for next week, Nitro, just to see what the retaliation is. There's got to be some kind of retaliation <laughs> oh, to this. Correct. Oh, amazing. Yeah, it'll be an interesting uh, episode of Pepe Watch next week. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, then, lads. Well, um, that's changed it for me. I'm going to say now I'm going to go with you there, Liam. <laughs> the, the, the dogs. The dog show. The dog show cancelling the entire episode. <laughs> yeah, Promise. I'm going with that. Uh, has to be the biggest killer because, let's be honest, what are builders and killers was going to make us tune in next week? And the dogs mean we can't. So it has to win. It has, has, to, has win. to win by default. Has to win, yeah. There's no it. discussion of yet. Yeah. Even though Diesel's annoyed me so much this week, <laughs> being cancelled to a dog show. It's got to I think, what does it say for the future of the programme as well? If you're watching this in, in, oh, in 1996, February... This can't, you'd be thinking this can't be long for this world, can it? Can it's getting kicked off with a fucking dog show, so yeah. What's everyone going to do? Turn straight over to Nitro? Big, biggest course, yeah. killer we've ever had on yeah, TMNS. It's the dog 100%. show. 100%. <laughs> right, I'm not even going to ask you, lads. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. The uh, Logically, that has to be the killer. There's no option for for anything else. Fair enough. <laughs> Come again, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs. Say what now, pal? <laughs> and it, it has to be on a Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> you can't well, be the live. dogs won't know what day. It can't be live, dog show, can it? Eight o'clock Monday, it can't be live. <laughs> I was pre recorded. <laughs> They've done it at a weekend. <laughs> Sure, it whatever they wanted. <laughs> well, it's the only slap pal in the whole week. <laughs> <laughs> That's was raw but what about nitro over to the notebook to find out and we're live from the leroy jenkins center in lakeland florida we're greeted by an excitable bischoff that does a cracking job of selling the show ahead i'll level with you lads after last week's hogan bandage debacle i've arrived at this week's episode with a fair bit of trepidation but big bish's intro has genuinely got me punked i've got to got to doff me cap i was like oh go go right, eric i mean in. we're back down to earth with a mr bump though as we cut from the pyro catherine wheels <laughs> behind the diamond plate wcw signs to the announced team where we begin as we must with pepe watch 
And this week, just as last week, I have not got a fucking clue, lads. <laughs> the poor pooch has been dressed in what <laughs> in what looks like a kind of red-headed nurse's outfit, which already has me worrying for the dog even more than usual, given Mongo's comments about red-headed stepchildren in weeks gone by. With pigtails, a white nurse's bonnet, and a navy blue uniform with a white apron. And as the camera finishes its zoom to frame our three hosts this evening, Bobby Ean and Eric Bischoff and Steve McMichael, we see the latter holding Pepe, and the dog stares right down the barrel of the lens for the entire promo, piercing the soul of anyone watching at home, looking for all the world like some kind of serial killer's captive being forced to film a hostage video and trying to alert us all to the terror he lives through every day. And frankly, he just looks like he wants to hear the somewhat inevitable words, I want to play a game, that'll signal the beginning, the end of this, his eternal nightmare. I was, I, when, I, when I saw it, I was getting, uh, I was getting uh, raggy doll vibes. Remember the program, raggy dolls. <laughs> it's very raggy dolls. That's it. With, with, with that hernia dog. <laughs> raggy dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, Spawn. What was what was this? I mean, every yeah. week I say this, but what was this? You know what I mean? Yeah, this was absurd this week. Poor fucking dog. Anyway, Bischoff and the lads tell us that Hogan is in bother, as he's got an injured eye. I don't know if you got that from last week, lads. Oh, I didn't. Anyway, Mongo <laughs> says this means he's at risk of someone scratching his eye. Right, yeah, Mongo. I mean, You're always at risk of that, eye. <laughs> I was going to say. It matter what's going on, right? Your eye's injured or not, that can still happen here. Exactly. But, but it'll be important in a second, right? Cause this is <laughs> but never mind, important in a second. He's specifically referencing the fact that it's like his cornea is being scratched or something, right? That's the that's the uh-huh. risk. Just bear that in mind as we <clears throat> get into it. We kick off with the world heavyweight title on the line because, of course, our world heavyweight champ can't headline the card unless his name rhymes with Bulk Bogan. Long disrespected <laughs> champ Macho is taking on one of the four horsemen, Chris Benoit, and he's doing so with Miss Elizabeth and woman, again, in his corner. Keenan and Mongo find some common ground here, as Bobby says woman is a knockout, a 10, and Mongo completely agrees. It was the 90s, folks. (laughs) (laughs) The two lads battling for the title have an entertaining contest, but I fear the fact that it, you know, once more seemed to follow the usual Macho Man match format, immediate brawl, get Macho Man outside right away, and then Benoit just batters him for ages and keeps the upper hand with Macho literally and figuratively on the ropes, occasionally teasing a comeback that never quite gets going as Benoit delivers some cracking moves. One snap suplex in particular was excellent. Bischoff gets a bit excitable at one point and starts confusing himself. He's a bit like, your dad, Liam. He calls Benoit Pillman and woman Miss Elizabeth. Just just calm down a bit there, Eric. <laughs> Not going on holiday anytime soon. Um, back in the ring and Benoit heads up to the top and lands a lovely flying headbutt as he's in complete control. Savage has hardly landed a blow for 90% of this match and he's now blindly flailing, punching nothing. Punching shadows, having apparently been blinded by some elbows to the face on the, on the apron. It's awful. The champ just gets battered every week. Exactly, right. It's, it's, it's demeaning and shit anyway. The lads on comms protest that the ref didn't see Benoit throwing Macho over the top rope. Like, what's the problem there, lads? You barely ever pretend that the NWA over the top rope DQ rule is ever in place. Never mind crying foul now when a, when a heel does it, and, but then ignoring it for the 99% of the other time when it happens all the fucking time. And the match is about to end in disqualification anyway. So <laughs> it doesn't we're seconds matter away because from that is <laughs> DQ shortly finish. about what's happening in the finish. <laughs> 
Anyway, on to the finish. The ref is distracted as woman, seemingly protesting against Benoit, giving Macho the business outside and inside, appeals to the ref. Benoit follows up with a dive through the ropes to the outside, but Macho rolls away and Benoit hits the barrier. This gives Macho the chance to get back into the contest and he lands his top rope elbow finisher. But before he can get the pin, Benoit's fellow horseman Ric Flair arrives at ringside and takes Miss Elizabeth hostage, using her as a human shield as Macho tries to save her. But then... Shock, horror, woman turns heel. She attacks Macho from behind, choking him with a cable, allowing Flair and the arriving Arn Anderson to attack Savage, ending the match as the ref calls for the DQ, <laughs> as we then see woman laughing in evil delight. Then the inevitable happens. As someone sensed some thunder being left unattended, so he's, all, he's, so he's down the ramp and out to steal it. Hogan arrives once again with chair in hand to deliver the worst chair shots in the business and rescue These Macho. were pathetic. Honestly, <laughs> no, this, this is... Worse than last time. It's the same every week. It must be four weeks in a row now he's done this exact, exact spot four weeks in a row. Just let woman carry on like she was doing more damage to Savage. Like Hogan, stay in the back. <laughs> Couldn't yeah. agree more. Couldn't agree more. Can you do in the fucking... Working on the drinks, chaos do more damage to Savage. <laughs> he's, he's comparable to Joe Dorgan at this point, isn't he? <laughs> he's got to be. He's John Cristal, Joe Dorgan, all of them. He's in the same league. It's every Super week. Two. It's the shit kicked out of him. He does. Pez Watley, all of them. He's <laughs> forgetting Pez the dispenser Watley. Heavyweight champ, though. Heavyweight champ, is by it. Anyway, almost as quickly as Hogan was out, here comes Mean Gene on the scene to interview Hulk, who delivers the exact same promo we all expect. And Bischoff, <laughs> at the same time, just says, scum, on the mic. I don't know if he's referring to Hogan or the horseman here, <laughs> but I know who my money's on. Hogan starts delivering the promo, and we get a close-up, which shows... <laughs> which... <laughs> Sorry. Just bear in mind the comms, corny scratch. It shows three pieces of tape on his eyebrow that he's definitely done himself. Butterfly stitches. He <laughs> grazed your knee and infants used to get butterfly stitches. <laughs> it looks so bad. It looks so bad. He's definitely done it himself. Anyway, as he's delivering the floor of the promo with these fucking shit bits of fucking it's just like he's covered a bit of a post it note and stuck it. Exactly. Put some toilet paper on it. I put for all the bandages we had last week as well. It's these pathetic things. No, there's nothing left. Nothing left in the first aid kit. <laughs> <laughs> you used it all last week. Anyway. Gotta cut, cut this plaster into threes. <laughs> That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. Oh, man. He's got, he's got, he's got a child's plaster into three bits. Stuck it on his eyebrow and called it a day. <laughs> Thought this would be this would be fine on telly. They don't have zoom lenses or anything. There'll be no close-ups. <laughs> oh god, he's looking in the mirror. He's gone. This is he's away. After he? doing it last week with the Mister Bumps. What did we say last week? He finds it a, a new way every week. He does to make right. it look like make himself he's look like a big idiot. He Here can't. we are. Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway, so he delivers this promo. As he started to do so, Flair sneaks up behind him. <laughs> yeah, this is unbelievable. This was pantomime. You've got, you got, you got everyone shouting. He's, he's behind. Boom! He's flag. And but not only does he just, not only does he just, not only does he just stay where he is. He has to move. He has to move the camera so it's back. He's t- 
but he only starts doing it to the back. So his back's to the ramp, right? But he only starts doing that when the crowd starts booing. Oh. <laughs> so it's only when he knows someone's there, he then decides to block it off. Oh, my I was crying at him. Village materialist. It's it was. So oh. And then Flair, because obviously Flair's not going to come in and do it subtly or quickly. So he stands behind him for ages, hamming it up like this. Crowd are losing. Hulk <laughs> just, just continuing with this shit promo on Mean Gene. <laughs> but, did, did you... but Mean Gene doesn't say anything <laughs> until it's farted. Until he's just sent him Stitched yeah. him right yeah, Hulk. Uh, Flo's right behind you. <laughs> and he's got the microphone. <laughs> you read it, can you? Thing oh. is though, with uh, with Hogan, like, when he jump, when he's, when he jumps on the mic, just it's worse. Just before this, he's jumping on the mic and he's like, he's ki- he's kicking off at Gene, saying, "Can't you see Savage's hurt?" <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, 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 get a paramedic. But then when he, when he's on the mic, he's like trying to set up his match for the match. Oh, you didn't give a fuck about Savage. Best Push mate's gone off. instantly. All right. He's like, well, we'll get through this at Super Brawl, and then, yeah, m- me and Macho can have our, our old match. For- <laughs> get in the bin. It's just, it's all right. It's every week. It's <laughs> a new way. He finds, he finds a new low, he scrapes that barrel, and shaves it's off nasty. even more wood. Still found him. Oh, dear. Anyway. I often find myself saying, the, the man who, who cares the most about how he's presented, <laughs> and, and, you know, that he's always got to look the best. <laughs> He does every time. Every time. Completely clueless. Oh, anyway, right. So, so Flash sneaks up behind him. He doesn't. He comes out. Flair's, you know, it's no sneaking. It's no sneaking involved. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. And everyone knows Hogan's seen him. That's the that's the kicker. Anyway, he gets in behind him and he pummels. He get t- t- he takes him down. I think it was with a. Um, he span him round and hit him a few times, a couple of chops, gets him on the ground, and then starts pummeling his dodgy eyes. The Hogan then blades, <laughs> unless unless it was it was it was hard way, and he just didn't have the stitches, <laughs> the adhesive to keep it together. But <laughs> I suspect the former. Then out, <laughs> and then it happens again. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. And then out comes every week. It's over. This happens. <laughs> I mean, Laurel and Hardy are out now. <laughs> This comedy duo. <laughs> and then out comes. Sorry, I gotta stop. I can't do it. It's my favourite thing in, in mid nineties <laughs> wrestling just... by far. This. And then out comes the giant and the other dungeon of doom members, including the Zabrodiak. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got so much deja vu here. I'm genuinely questioning if I'm dreaming all of this, right? What got me here, right? <laughs> Sorry, it's just it's what got this is what absolutely really blew my mind. So obviously we've had the previous weeks where obviously what happens here is Zabroniak is going to stop the Giants from killing Hogan again because that's what he always does. Every week the Giants, gonna, even though he's the Giants, Zabroniak's going to stop him doing it for whatever reason we don't know. Even though that the mission of the Dungeon of Doom is to destroy Hulk Hogan, they've got the one most potent weapon. He won't let him do it. But this week, so like previous weeks, has been Hogan is. You know, he's king of the hill or whatever. He, he, he's got the chair or he's, he's, we, we want to save the giant. We want to keep the giant back. We don't want to risk the giant. <laughs> that's, that, that's what happens most weeks, isn't it? Yeah, this yeah. time, this time, Hogan was completely incapacitated. This, this, this was the opportunity. This was the prime. If, you want to, if you're going to kill Hogan, now is the time. He is on the floor. There's, there's, there's no defence. <laughs> well, but this is it. This is the bit that got me. So, so Flair's, Flair's holding. <laughs> Flair's holding. Hulk's standing. Flair, Flair has his arms. He's holding his arms, so Hulk is sort of now kind of bent over. He's holding his arms in front of him, right, to make his stretch his back out. 
giant arrives with his chair and whacks Hogan on the back. Grand. Gets him down. Decent chair shot for us. <laughs> really good. Best one we've seen for, for God knows how long. And at the... But then that's when the that's when the Zabroniak says, no, he's let him do this. He's walked up all the way. Yeah. He's gone, I'm going to let him do it this time. <laughs> he hits him. As you say, Jim, he's out. He's out cold. There is no risk to the Giants. He's there. He's and just... now he's going, no, like pain of death. <laughs> For the love of God, stop. You've already it. done it. You've done the damage. <laughs> and then the inevitable chaos continues. And then Macho comes back, back out to say, Hulk. He was in He was out of the up. He needed medical attention. Not a minute ago. Sprinted down. Didn't sprinted sprinted. down to come and save Hulk and return the favour, which he does. And as we head to a break, Bobby Heenan asks us, "That is that just a sample? What will Super Brawl be like? I know exactly what it's going to be like, Bobby. It's going to be this again because it's been this forever." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I read the. Um... On the network, they have a kind of like a bit of a summary, a blurb, if you will, of what of what each episode is going to contain. Yeah. So I read the one of this because I was trying to find out whether the um, I should mention whether the title was on the line or not in the Savage Benoit match. Yeah. But what I found kind of to emphasise just how little impact. I mean, at least he, he, this kind of segment finished with Savage standing tall for once. But True. how little impact Savage, the world champion, actually has on his program <laughs> is is just underlined by the fact he doesn't even get a mention in this blurb. He wow. He's not even mentioned. He has a match where in which he defends the title against Chris Benoit. He doesn't even get a mention. It says the reference. The um, I think the reference. The woman heel heel switch. Where did they say the feud wow. between Hulk Hogan and the Forceman takes a new turn? That, that's what it says. But this that's how the match, the whole segment, wow. which obviously revolves around which is the world champion, exactly as Hogan Benoit. would write it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Point one. The feud between Hug Over and the Four Horsemen takes a new turn. Where and, in which woman turns on Savage? It doesn't take a new turn. <laughs> there's no new turn. No, there's no new turn. This is exactly what's happened every week. What's the new turn? It'd be a new turn if we didn't do it for a chair. If we just had a breather. Yeah. Absolutely abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. Anyway, next up, it's the respect off as Old Yeller, the Taskmaster, and Hugh Morris with Jimmy Yard from the Dungeon of Doom are taking on the Battery and Fry and Brian from the Four Horsemen. Following on from the fact that Taskmaster jumped on for failing to control the loosest of loose cannons, Fry and Brian, despite the pact held by the two stables, even though Double A was in the process of disciplining him uh, to bring him into line at the time when they jumped in, but that's by the by now. Brian is as crazy as they come here. Ditto the giggling Hugh Morris. Uh, right bit of nominative determinism there, anyway. Uh, what chance did this lab have, honestly? Like, if you if you called Morris, what what? Parents are calling, you know, christening him Hugh. Should have I mean? been Welsh. It shouldn't have, they should have ditched <laughs> should the, have the ship pun. He should have just been straight up. His gimmick should have been straight up Welsh. <laughs> Spot. Comes out with a rugby ball or something. <laughs> Daffodils. Malta. Daffodils, yeah. Checked out. That's what he should have been. Because Leaks. You, you, like, I don't know, pitching him in a match against Brian Pillman, whose who's gimmick is he's legitimately crazy. And, yeah. he, and he's kind of selling it. And, and, and there's, there's, there's an element of realism and whatever else. Completely. And he's doing really well with it. And then you've got this this joke guy with a comedy name oh. who's fake laughing at things, and, it, yeah. and this, this was this was. What does Taskmaster look like here, by the way? I know we slate him, but like, just look at his attire, right? Like his boots are like ankle length. You know, we slated Bob Backlund when he appeared. You're right. They're looking like he just like rocks up, but Taskmaster is equally as bad. It's, it is terrible. Yeah, with his robe hanging open. Oh, yeah, it's just, it's just got shit, shit in his face. At home in his dressing gown. <laughs> it's Michael Scott style. <laughs> it is 
I, I know it's it's awful, um, and you know it, it's pretty much what you expect here. Uh, Hugh does you know a pretty decent job of throwing the horseman around as he's the big lad, you know, especially Arn because he you know as he sort of impressively presses him. Fair enough, Arn's big lad. Fair enough, mate. Old Yeller wrestles for about thirty seconds in total, and honestly, I, I, I couldn't could have done without any of that. <laughs> it's just it's shocking. Anyway, Arn and Taskmaster just brawl to the back where Arn's about to powerbomb Old Yeller onto the this concrete, only for the... This is brilliant. <laughs> the cheapest... How far, how far did he go to the back? <laughs> like, he could have done this move. He could have done this move anywhere around the ring. He could walk as far back. I'm going all the way <laughs> to the furthest point without being in the back backstage area. <laughs> exactly, he's right there. And then the cheapest, shittest-looking dust broom ever to broom. be is, is extended. <laughs> He's extended no. out from the curtain just behind arm. We can't see who's holding it. And then it whacks him on the back, breaking almost, it looked like, on the way down as opposed to after it hit him. It's that great, right? And then this allows somehow Taskmaster to escape the potential powerbomb and get back in the ring where he proceeds to double-team Pillman uh, with Hugh Morris until the ref calls for the bell as we get the best spot of the night as Hugh Morris lands a cracking moonsault on Frying Brian before Taskmaster whips Brian's back with a belt and then delivers an incomprehensible promo to the camera as he walks up to the ramp to the back. The TV truck just <laughs> just cuts him off. Brilliant. Quite right. Quite right. Just, just sends him sends it to a super brawler. <laughs> He's just starting to give it anyway. Just, no. just about to start with his patter, wasn't he? he, was just, yeah, he absolutely sandbag. Absolutely not Taskmaster. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> no. Yeah, in the builders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, in summary, Arn was great, Brian was great, Morris was fine, yeah, good, good... Uh... I thought he was all right, Morris. Yeah, 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 absolutely. For a big lad, he was, some of the stuff he was doing... I Cracking moon, so... It was all right. Exactly. Taskmaster, absolute shite. Uh, it's probably about the uh, rubber. Yeah, abysmal. I'm not having... I'm not having you said... You couldn't see who it was with the brim. You could see who it was. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> Why don't you just hit a chair as well? We'll just hit him with a chair. And all, all the implements, the pick, the pick of the implements backstage, the pick of them. Yeah. I'll, I'll use this broom. 100%. Do me a fucking favour. Hey, all will be revealed later, Jim. All will be revealed. I'll use this kid's broom. Revealed then. <laughs> <laughs> Mine later. The shambles. <laughs> Next up, Marcus Bagwell, covered in more pleather than you'd find in HBK's warehouse, is taking on the nature boy Ric Flair, accompanied by the <laughs> freshly heel-turned woman. That kid's wardrobe, you mean. <laughs> He's wearing all of it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> those glasses. No, hang on. As Flair's making his entrance, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff joins the comms team, still wearing his neck brace after the spike pile driver he received at the hands of the horseman a few weeks back to deliver an absolute howler of a promo, even by his standards. He says, It's a funny thing about payback. You never know when they're going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. What, what, it's a funny thing about payback. You never know when they're going to happen. <laughs> Fuck it out. Ah, so it was him with the broom. <laughs> but, but the comms team felt that they needed to clarify that. <laughs> and, and it's, hang on. Clearly missed all the puns here. You can see him in the back practising. Let's get these puns shoe on, dude. No. Him and Diesel have been uh, working on the one-liners together. Yeah. 
And it's absolutely not even even, right? So a broken neck versus a tap on the back with a light dust broom. If anything, you've probably just made sure there's no longer any dust on Arm's back right now. And hang on a minute, you were just standing there behind the curtain with the broom, just waiting to see if Arn at some point in this tag match would end up near that bit of curtain. Why don't you just Having run no out and hit him with a chair? no one ever been that far back. Exactly. Like no one ever gone that far back, <laughs> ever in the history of Nitro. <laughs> and then why did you, in inverted commas, hide your identity by hiding behind the curtain, only then to immediately come out and reveal to the comms lads that it was you, right? And then, I, and Arn's going to be in the showers now. He's not seeing this. So your plan is what? That he'll watch this replay like a, you know, later on in the week and go, I can't believe that was Paul Hardoff. What, what an absolute fucking bag of wank this lot is. Oh, it's absolutely toilet. What is this programme? Oh, Paul Hardoff. He's, I mean, he's not in it. <laughs> the, the shtick with Mr. Perfect is, he is. He's always amazing at whatever he does. They've called this book Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> And he's he, in no way, shape, or form is he wonderful at anything. <laughs> anyway, back to the match itself, and it's 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 pretty good. It's again what we expect. Both of these lads are great in the ring, and Flair pulls out all his usual tricks. But Bagwell gets all his shit in too, which I thought was good. A more exciting match than the Benoit match, I want to thought, because it was just more going and more kind of you know push and pull. And uh, woman was far better, far more effective, and far ent- more entertaining at ringside. Than you know, say like Miss Elizabeth was in that one. I know one was keeping quiet until she got involved in that, but just yeah, this is just a, a better all round. Although it was pretty bloody predictable again with all the flair stuff. He's getting a bit seeing the same thing each week without much changing. But as I say, we got woman in there this week, so I'll eat me on words because that's something a bit different. But into the finish, and after Flair counters a springboard splash from the apron by lifting his knees to whack Bagwell right in the chest, he's able to apply the figure four and put Bagwell away. And then he will not release the hold after the bell. And he actually knocks out the ref as the ref is remonstrating with him to stop. He won't do it. He hits the ref. The ref's down. And it means that macho man Randy Savage once again is sent out to come and rescue someone. He legs it down the ramp uh, to attack Flair and make the save before chasing him back to the locker room as Flair hightails it. The Road Warriors are on our screens next, still in the blue spiked American football pad away kits. Uh, they're followed to the ring by the Stinger, and about 15 seconds later, for no reason I could work out, Lex Luger, the tag champs, uh, are here with Luger being accompanied by the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Bischoff's once again banging on about the crowd being standing room only, as he's been doing so all night, as the ref lifts the belts aloft, showing that they're on the line. And the LOD chants start in the crowd. Sting, nice but dim, likes this. <laughs> what the fuck? Lots of athletic power moves from Sting and Animal to kick things off before they bring in Hawk and Lex for a slower-paced bout. Until, out of nowhere, and far too quickly, Lex plants Hawk with a pile driver. That escalated quickly. But as he goes to land it, the apron camera is right on them front yeah. and centre. And Lex leans back so far that as he lands it, he's almost lying down. And it's clear that he's nowhere near. Like... There is about three foot between Hawk's head and the mat. Now, I mean, good. The last thing we want is people getting actually dropped on their heads and necks. But if it's going to look like this, lads, don't fucking do it, right? Heenan covered it superbly, though, didn't Brilliant. he? Straight on the... Uh, didn't, didn't connect or whatever he said. Bishop like, and instantaneously, Heenan. He... Absolutely. They were really good here. They're like, yeah, didn't connect. And like, oh, no, he's not in there. And fortunately for them... <laughs> Hawk's shtick is no selling shit, so he just bounces straight up anyway and clotheslines the idiotically celebrating Luger, and I think we've probably gotten away from him. But everyone watching at home went, oh, well, that's not real, is it? Christ. 
Anyway, we get the usual fare here, and this one plods along exactly as you'd expect, uh, until, you know, there's a power cut, <laughs> obviously. With Bischoff explaining that they've lost all power to the building, which has been the most exciting thing to happen in the match so far. <laughs> Finally, something interesting happens after this, as Sting and Hawk start brawling outside after Sting has broken up a pin attempt by Animal on Lex. Jimmy Hart then tries to take advantage of the brawl distracting the ref and clambers up the ring steps to give Lex an item, which he then drops on said ring steps after Animal sees him and charges at him. Heenan it makes a big thunk noise, really, obviously. Heenan has a callback to the alarmingly quick uh, ability of him to identify Lex's fistful of casino dollars the other week, is able to immediately identify the object by sound alone as a lead weight you use to keep doors open. <laughs> quite, a, quite a talent he's got here, Bobby. They love to mention how weak animal's back is, don't they? Like, it's the stuff of legend now, I think. Just... Yeah. I, 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 didn't think, I didn't know this was a thing. Like... I reckon it's the way it's talked about. This fella's back was... <laughs> the way it's talked about, I reckon it must have come very close to usurping Achilles' heel as, as the go-to <laughs> cliche for someone's weakness. <laughs> Ooh, it's his animal's, animal's back. back. Ooh, it's my animal's back. He's <laughs> playing right up again. My animal's back. <laughs> spot on, <man>. Absolutely spot on. <laughs> Anyway, at, uh, Lex uh, scampers outside at this, grabs said object, and then returns to the ring to plant animal with it, where else, but on his injured lower back. This enables him to get the pin as the ref then finally returns his attention to the ring, seemingly without reason. He just, uh, there's a pin happening, he goes, Zink! and he's back in and counts the pin, <laughs> having not watched what was going on for ages. Looked ridiculous. So Lex has cheated once again, and Sting Nice But Dim missed it once again as these two retain the titles once more. Hawk and Animal then give Mean Gene a dodgy promo, asking for a match at Super Brawl, I think, between Harlem Heat and Lex Luger and Sting. Ah, Mean Gene clarifies. They want a match against the winner of Harlem Heat and Luger versus Sting. I did not get that from them. So we're getting this as a rematch at Super Brawl after Sting and Luger clearly going to beat Harlem Heat. It was nice of him, wasn't it? Asking for a title shot for Harlem Heat. <laughs> That's what I thought. So what the fuck's this? It makes no sense. I've got these two wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Salt of the earth, lovely lads. Are. <laughs> All they're bothered about here. We've He's screwed up the titles, but can you give Harlem Heat another title shot? <laughs> Spawn. <laughs> oh, anyway, and then the lads send us off with some nonsensical Mongo waffling, and we are out. So that was Monday Nitro. What did we make of it this time round, lads? Who wants to kick off with our Nitro ratings builders? For me, uh, there, were, there were few and far between builders on this uh, episode of Nitro. Slim pickings. But I will put forward uh, Marcus Bagwell. Um, nice. I think as part of a tag team, we've not really seen him take centre stage, um, but he definitely showcased what he can do with, with one of the all-time greats here. He put on a decent showing. I wouldn't mind seeing him again in uh, singles action more often. And he definitely has the right profile in terms of his size yeah. and like his, his repertoire of what he can do in the ring to, yeah. to be pushed up the card a little bit. He put on a good show in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I think uh, he was he was he was cracking in the ring, as you say. Good good range of things. Good at selling. Got some some cracking cracking manoeuvres. Entertaining, quick, big, grand. I can follow that. My um, my builder. 
possibly my primary build if this whole show. Um, the intro to the American Males entrance song. Is there is there a better one in the <laughs> yes. history of wrestling? It's so bad, isn't it? It's so That's good. Bad. You don't it's like the building. You, you don't like American <laughs> males. You're Not the whole song, <laughs> just a bit of the start where it's, it's saying American males over and over again. That kind of <laughs> that monitor robot voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's quality. That's the caliber we've reached on Nitro. That's the no, barrel being scraped. I've got alongside that to, to uh, there is something a bit more substantial in, in, in the builders in the builders column. I've, I've put Brian Pillman down just for just for carrying Nitro yeah. by far and away the best Isn't part it? of the show every week. Easy, yeah. yeah. Easy. Uh, I will add a uh, woman turning heel. Thought it was a good heel turn. It was executed really well. And seeing her afterwards, you know, maniacally laughing and that kind of thing just yeah. gave her a bit of character. Thought that was great. So she was giving it the uh, the four horsemen kind of spiel as well. She was, with, yeah, with, uh, straight in with with Fleur as well. So that was yeah. pretty good. No, spot on. Yeah, I think she's. Uh, going to be five of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she would be fifth fifth member of the group. But... No, she's the, <laughs> she's she's the first horse woman. She's the first horse woman. It's fine. Yeah. It's that <laughs> four on one hand, one on the other. Fine. <laughs> Meet picks. I'll doff my cap to a Brody act for continuing my favourite thing from mid nineties wrestling. Yeah, yeah, that is that is that is my favourite bit of the show. The perfect moment will never arrive. It will just never. It can't arrive now, can it? Yeah, what's he waiting for? Attacking Hogan, it can, you can never get a better opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on. What are we picking uh, from the from that short list? Pillman for me. I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with mine with Marcus Bagwell. I'm not. I'm not in agreement with you, Jim, with the uh, the entrance uh, music. And that's <laughs> no, that's not. Oh, possibly the worst. But uh, he, he, <laughs> worst? he put on a good. Yeah, he's terrible. It, it that and Mr. Wonderful's is. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, <laughs> they're not the same league. Come on, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the balls, American the males. American that's ex- males, that's exactly what I mean. American that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's both. exactly what I mean. The actual song <laughs> is shit, but... <laughs> but that part, both awful stuff. Someone spiked yeah. your carrots, Jim. Is this? <laughs> yeah, cat piss all over him, didn't he? Hallucinogenic <laughs> cat piss. What's that cat being eating? Took about ten minutes of every episode for the last three weeks. So when I spiked my fucking carrots, now he mentioned it. <laughs> oh no, I'm. Uh... No, I'm not going. I'm not going to the American Bell's uh, uh, intro theme, but I, uh, but I will. I will concede. Uh, yeah, Brian, Brian, Brian. It's uh, still it's the only thing. It's the only thing I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. And each time he does, he does become entertaining and feel genuinely different, exciting. And yeah. well, we did find out today as well. He's uh, he's next. His next bout is on the Super Brawl card against um, the Taskmaster. So yeah, and you just think you know, he's going to have to put a. A, a stellar job on trying to carry him through I know. through a strap. I think it's a strap match, isn't it, or something? Yeah, way. which is yeah, it is yeah. Which is it just yeah. If you can make that entertaining, then yeah, fair play. The really yeah, in fairness, you, you, you're so right. Yeah, that's uh, that'll be, it'll be his biggest test to date. You're so right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, they were the builders, but what about the killers? He wants to kick us off. I've been thinking this for a while, but the opportunity, a bit like. The Giants' chances of managing to finally slay Hulk Hogan has never really presented itself. Yeah. But today I felt it was just so, so fucking, like, outrageous that I had to bring it up. Ric Flair. You you alluded to it, Steve. It's, it's just repetitive and bored at this point where every match he has is just the fucking same. It's, yeah. I know it's like, 
his best days and obviously behind him here and he was yeah. a star of the, of the territories and everything else where you go in different towns every night TV appearances and mainly squash matches yeah. or a promo or whatever so your repertoire basically isn't like exposed to millions yeah. of people on a weekly basis Yeah, but now when he's, he's every every match he, he, he's weekly on Nitro it's just it's the same thing with different opponents so every match he goes to the top row Yep. Only to be foiled. Why, why does he go up there every week? Yep. I've, I've seen him climb a turnbuckle every single week. Yeah. Only ever to get thrown off it. He, only, he goes up there just to be thrown <laughs> off it. He does that spot where he um, he gets it, he gets it a few times. I think Bagwell was doing lefts and rights, and yep. then in the corner, and then and he kind of staggers out and then falls flat in his face. The flip like, flop. Yep. You wouldn't do that every time, would you? You wouldn't. You wouldn't fall that way. Well, never like you wouldn't away. be affected that way from being punched every time. Yeah. Right? Stagger, 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 fall on your face no, every, every, like every week. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. He obviously wants to take the big bumps to get the crowd going, but I just, I just feel it's, it's a bit stale. Like every yeah. week yeah. is the same. Yeah, because I think we said when we first started watching it, seeing Ric Flair like initially was good, wasn't it? Like you know, because we hadn't seen this this side of him in the nineties kind of thing. But it is week on week the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. I can't argue with that at all. Always find the promos entertaining. I think that's that's yeah. where he excels because it's just like nothing like it. Um, but yeah. you're dead yeah. right. He he should at this stage become an amazing bonkers manager. Well, you could just just have him wrestle a bit more sporadically or something. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I mean? yeah, so completely. when he does yeah. these things, yeah, it's absolutely a bit more. Yeah, exactly. More eye catching. or stands out a bit more. But yeah, yeah it's just. I agree. Bagwell, just a mid card tag team guy with the great entrance music. Fucking. <laughs> Hoying him off the top rope, <laughs> knocking him out, and all that is. Yeah, no, you 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 spot on path from the entrance music. I did, I, like I say, I did like I did like seeing the side of uh, Bagwell, but it was literally the same, you know, Ric Flair match, wasn't it? Blow for blow, as we always see. But I I see your point. Yeah, uh, I I do too. Um, yeah, for me, everything was so predictable. Yeah, it's like which again is probably because we've seen it all before, you know, and I think. It's probably why, you know, a uh, woman heel turn featured in me builders because it was just something different. Just you know? something like, striking, yeah. Exactly. Um, and then other than that, like, every week, the eternal presence has got to be Hogan. Like, this was this was just, you know. <laughs> the chair shots. Jeez. Just the chair shots. He's like, he presses them on them. It's just like, what are you doing? We have said this before, haven't we, but on the plus sides, to get him out the way early. When, he, when he's on first, it, it's a bigger difference in it because you get him out the way and he's in that first segment and you feel like you're starting afresh. Yeah, when you go into yeah I've, got, I've got that exactly. I've got that out of the way now. Yeah, exactly. Same with Pepe. Watch, I've got that. I've seen it. I've felt sad. I can now move on and pretend that dog is in, in, in danger. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> it's just this insufferable. Like he has to jump on the mic for no reason. Like, he doesn't. He does. Like it, it, he must think that these people must want to hear what I've got to say on a weekly basis. <laughs> just you can't just keep saying this this same old thing about no. He jumped on just to, well, he asked for a paramedic, didn't he? And then he was telling us that he wanted another title shot with Macho. <laughs> exactly. Don't oh, he's diabolical. He's I've got I've got a Nitro killer as well. Go this on. is, right, so it's this weekly world heavyweight title shot. So I went back yeah. and looked at the start of 96. So this is the sixth Nitro show so far in 96. Yeah. And this is the fifth world heavyweight title um, defence on the Nitro show. So... Those matches have included Hogan, Fleur, Savage, Giants, and now Benoit. So there's no storyline, there's no structure, there's no, no rivalry. You know, you can't build anything in terms of heat no. for a big match at a pay per view because it's literally like Nothing hands in the air. Who wants yeah. a title shot? Yeah. Get on the TV. It doesn't matter who wins because you know, someone's getting a shot next week. So, yeah. and I mean, it must yeah. be amazing for the fans to be turning up at these arenas and there's a heavyweight title match because obviously you're seeing this this one off. Of course. You know, 
showing in your town, aren't you, kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, of course. But if you're the viewer at home and you're seeing this, it just loses so much credibility. You've got the TV title, which we'd never see on TV. <laughs> We've got the US title, which changes hands and we don't know about. So, you know, so there's yeah. other things that they can parade. And then yeah, you did, right. have this elusive world heavyweight like title. You have it once every two months or so, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and then you, yeah. you're just building up then and you've got these yeah. like these storylines going in the background. That's what I was on yeah. about with Raw. They, at least they have yeah. a structure, whereas they build towards a pay-per-view where you're like, Curring about something or a match. It's bomb. Absolutely. Why would you buy this pay per view? Like what you said there, Liam. Like why, why would you? Like I, no stakes. I think is it Flair Savage at, at Super Brawl? Is that what it's going to be? Because so. they haven't, again, they haven't massively done uh, that. To... I, I, do you know what? I, I just know that one of the matches has got two cages and Flair's involved yeah. in it. Yeah. Right. Two cages. Fuck knows what they're doing. I don't, I'm not sure cages. if that's Flair against Hogan or it's Hogan and Savage versus Flair and Giant. Maybe I don't know. Imagine that this is the show before the. <laughs> yeah, and we still oh, yeah. don't know. You're still yeah. guessing. You shouldn't be still guessing. We've watched no. it taking notes. <laughs> yeah, fucking, it's dreadful, unbelievable. Um, another one from me, uh, Lex Luger. I know, I know, I know. I always say, him, but he, he is as wooden as Sherwood Forest here. He is, <laughs> he's like, like both in terms of like action and like you know, and his personality. Like every, he telegraphs everything. It's it's like he's he you know what he's gonna do just as he's about to do it because he makes it so obvious he's got no like he's got no he's just like, when he's going and picking up weapons it's the same thing with the coins and then just chucking them around everywhere like it's so obvious and he's holding them behind his back when he's doing that and this time with the, with this doorstop away what the hell it was like he's just he's got no fucking chill you know what I mean? it's like the lads just. Oh, it it really ruins it for me. I just can't take him seriously. Plus, it's that, rea- that, that, that reaction to the botched pile driver, like oh, exactly, celebrating like he'd uh, exactly. lifted the World Cup. <laughs> 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 He's just balls up a pile driver. <laughs> He's jumping around the ring. <laughs> All the while, the comms team are just like, <laughs> we've got to cover it up. But you're right, he's like, you know, he, he must know he's, it'll get even more in if he doesn't, but he must know he's absolutely fucked that up. And instead he's like, I'll cover for this by pretending it went really well. No, we all saw him, mate. He had a camera there. Oh, awful. I'll see awful. <laughs> all right, I'll go with my pick first, then it's Lex. I'm saying Lex. It's always Hogan, but this week, Lex, he wound me right up. I'm going the, uh, the, the weekly World Heavyweight title shots. You can't have five title defences out of six shows. <laughs> It's just unbelievable that. Totally. Yeah, that is that is pretty egregious, isn't it? I'll go. I'll go with um, just because I've been saving it for a few weeks. I, I'll go with Flair. Fair split decision this week. No consensus on the scores with the uh, the uh, the Nitro ratings killer, but probably just shows <laughs> how many options there were to pick from this week yeah. on the killers list. With all of that in mind, let's see which show we thought should have gone over this week. Liam, you kick us off. Which show gets your vote to win the ratings battle? Uh, I'm going for Raw. Raw, just totally different ball game at the moment. You know, it, it may be taking a batter in the ratings, you know, the previous year. But when you've got the, the names that we're, what we're getting now on a weekly basis and Mankind to come in and yeah, yeah. the ringmaster and things like that, there's just more structure, there's more depth to the show and... It was just an enjoyable watch, I think, Raw this week, so I'll go, I'll go for Raw. Fair. Jim, same question to you. 
Yeah, yeah, I'll go with Roswell. Um, Nitro just feels like you, you just you just we're just laughing at it more, aren't we? Than the, the, yeah. the, oh, yeah. enjoy yeah. Yeah, the, the enjoyable parts are just pale in comparison to our just ridiculous comedy. So, oh, I don't enjoy watching it. I occasionally I enjoy pissing myself at Hulk Hogan occasionally, but as I said, I think last week, mate, it's, uh, at the time, you know, I just feel sad. It's only now where yeah. it's, it's like cathartic, you know. But so, I mean, we're not, you're not meant to be watching the programme to be no. like laughing Correct. at it, like, like loads of different things. Correct. Paul Ondoff, the broom, Hogan, Lex Luger, <laughs> celebrate when he fucks a power How was that in the killers? Paul Ondoff's broom. <laughs> Didn't even cover that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's just, there's just so many oh. things that are shocking. Oh, yeah. It's a lengthy list. Yeah, yeah, clean sweep. Same for me. Rinse and repeat everything you, you guys have just said. It's painful. If it wasn't for that American male same thing, so I'd be thinking about <laughs> packing it all in. I'm with you though, Steve. Like when you're watching it, you're thinking like this is god awful. But it, I know in my head that when I discuss it and and speak about Gonna it, get it your will reward. be like exactly. pure comedy. So <laughs> exactly. it's worth like just sitting through because I know that I'll just like be laughing my head off like when when I bring up Hogan and Luger etc. So. <laughs> <laughs> Paid our dues watching it, and now we get to get to uh, have a giggle to to get over it. Yes, yeah, spot on. Well, that's what we think. But what did the American public think in 1996? Over to the golden envelope to find out. <laughs> Raw 2.7, Nitro 2.9. It's two in a row for Nitro. They've come from behind to take the lead in the Monday night scores 10-9. Lads, reactions? It's, it's, it's just there's no logic to it, is there? <laughs> it isn't. No. It's just... Unless, like, like, you say, like, we, like we said before, but, and, and then never be got it wrong, but like we said before, <laughs> so the majority of people watch Nitro this week, oh, they can't watch Raw next week, and they've got no choice. So I, I was going to say... By, by that logic, the rating should surely dip, having seen how bad this night roll yeah, was. But well, it, it never works like that anyway. Thanks, so. thanks to the dogs. Who were, uh, Honestly, I'd be, if I'd if I'd have been sat there in '96 and I've just I've just watched this Nitro episode, I'd be tuned into the dog show next week. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be no chance I'd be seeing through Nitro. The Westminster Dog Show. The Westminster Dog boost. Show will be up there. <laughs> ratings are going to skyrocket. <laughs> Lesser of two evils. I'm sorry. Shock evil. winner of the Monday Night Wars, the Westminster <laughs> Dog Show. Nobody called it. <laughs> so that's it for this episode of the Monday Night Scores Season 2. Right, well, before we head off to start tracking down cat zappers on Amazon, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We're at TMN Scores. That's at TMN Scores. Or follow us at the Monday Night Scores on Instagram. Well, all that's left for us to say is goodbye. So thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, this has been the Monday Night Score. And the LOD chance shot... Shot... And the LOD chants start in the crowd. It's not what they do.